Welcome to Pitch Session. That's Pitch with a P. I'm postseason Kirsten. I'm regular Andrew. You're not in the postseason? Well, I am, but I'm still just Andrew. Just Andrew. Okay, yeah. I'll take it. Is it postseason with a P? Yes, absolutely. Tournament with a T? <laughs> Capital T. What's the T? Um, so the tournament started today. We had two games, two opening round games, and... <laughs> I have to say neither one of them were terribly interesting. Um, I watched them both. Uh, shout out Big Ten Plus going free today. Oh, okay. Yes, I like so that. that. I like Yes, so streaming. that was exciting. So we're streaming, not We linear. were streaming. We were not linear. That's right. Mm-hmm. But it was complimentary, so that was uh, pleasant. Thank you, uh, Big Ten. Yeah, I actually think they have to do it to show the NSA tournament. But regardless, oh, we'll you know. It. We'll take it. Um, the first game was uh, quite one-sided, I would say. Uh, William and Mary knocked off Sacred Heart. Their Cinderella season came to an end. They lost, I believe it was four to nothing. Um, it was 0-0 after one, but William and Mary scored twice uh, right before the half to take a 2 nothing lead and then two goals uh, in the third quarter put it away. Uh, so 4 nothing for the Tribe. They advanced to take on North Carolina, a tall task if there ever was one, mm. um, on their home field. That'll be Friday at high noon. Um, 11 Central. Four, 11 Central, 9 West Coast. If you're a Cal mm-hmm. fan wanting to, you know, still stay – Engage with the tournament. Please do. Stay engaged with the sport. 7 a.m. in Hawaii. You just go around the globe? Well, I mean, we could. It's, it's you know, that'll be a 2 p.m. start in Chi-Chi-Chi. Lay, lay, lay. Yeah. So, anyhow, uh, William & Mary took the first game 4 nothing. They definitely um, overwhelmed William & Mary, or uh, uh, Sacred Heart for the win. The second game was a little bit closer. Uh, Miami of Ohio knocked off California 3-0. Single goals in the first, third, and fourth. This one felt closer than the first game. Um, Cal definitely had chances. Um, the third quarter, Miami scored to go up 2-zip. And Cal was dominating possession for much of the third quarter with the entire game seemingly inside Miami's defensive circle. But uh, Cal could not score. They got a handful of corners. Um, but but most importantly, just nothing from the field was, was finding its way to the cage. And then uh, Miami added the dagger in the fourth. To wrap it up, uh, three zips. So Miami of Ohio will advance to play Northwestern on Friday. So that's what happened today. Um, what do you think, Kier? Well, I what do I think? I mean, I think these were the things I predicted. I think it had a bit of an effect on our our bracket spectacular. Um, and who's still in the running, but these were my picks. It wasn't unpredictable. Well, no one's out of the running yet. No. Okay. All right. But I, you know, this is not. These were not unanticipated results. I would say. Are you saying because you predicted both games correctly? Is that what you're alluding to? Absolutely, I am absolutely. So amazingly, to that. I believe that we are down to just five perfect brackets. Um, most of us chose California. 
Um, I think and- I think Becca Main swayed the audience on that little note about Ben Tabakers playing back on I her home think, field. I think you're exactly right, and I think that that could lead to a suspension from the pod for Becca Main. <laughs> what nobody knows is that there I has to be Becca a fiver to sway the audience so that there I has to be consequences for our actions. And she got the Syracuse versus Ohio state thing, right? And mm. so she was flying high. <laughs> she thought she was untouchable. See, but I think she, she wielded her power. Well, you know what she, I mean? She manipulated the group into, cause I wonder if Becca main submitted a bracket and I wonder if she still has a perfect bracket. I don't believe Becca Main did. So unless she did it under an alias, which she is would. possible. I she's sneaky. She didn't she, do it under like this underscore is underscore Kirsten, for instance. <laughs> Who would do that? I think Kirsten um, would. So the feedback I heard from the I did hear that the corner execution for the Miami Redhawks was pretty stellar. I would it was agree. Standout was a standout. They scored um, a lot of cards uh, in the Cal game. Yes. Uh, Miami, a very fancy third goal to put it away, a little deflection off a corner there. That uh, That's how you do it, as the kids say. Do you think maybe Miami maybe revealed a little bit too much on their corners? Do you keep it no. simple and just get the win? Uh, they did. I mean, I, you know, it, it was a deflection. It wasn't – they didn't create some new – There wasn't a slip-slip, fake drag – And, and, you know, we're going to discuss this later. There's only so much you can do on corners. So (laughs) I agree. um, We think it's unlimited. It's not. It's not. So I I think that the goal for Miami today was to win the game no matter what, because if you don't, then there's no corners to shoot at all on Friday. So um, they got the job done. They shut out Cal three zip and they move on to take on Coach Fuchs and the Fighting little, Wildcats. A little Midwest matchup, Ohio versus. There, there's Illinois. a Midwest flavor in Evanston this weekend. There is. Yeah. How do I feel yeah. about it? I don't know. Corn sweat's not a factor. Corn's down. It's over. I'm sure there's some other things that are a factor. Wind from the lake. Absolutely. Temperature. I mean, it is lakeside field. You know what? I'm I'm checking here. It is going to be a delightful November day. Ooh. Where it looks like weather. Temperature will not be a factor. Friday, we're looking at highs of 50. Okay. I mean, you can't ask for much better than that. What's our wind it's, speed? Uh, 10, as we say okay. in the south, 10 miles 10. an hour. Uh, and then a high on Sunday of 53. So all things considered, um, they did well with the weather this weekend in Evanston. So, mm. you know. Streaming on Big Ten Plus. Is it on the plus? I think is. I thought the whole tournament was on ESPN Plus after today. Oh, after today. Okay. No, I was assuming that anybody else at that site would also be on the the Big Ten Plus. Hang on. Let's let's have a look here. We're looking into this? I'm efforting. Yeah. Thank you. Clickety-clack, clack, clack, clack. Northwestern versus Miami, Ohio. It doesn't say. Okay. Well, Uh, on the pod, everyone, you're going to have to do your own research. Do your own research. We 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 <laughs> so we know that the Carolina and Duke sites will be on ESPN Plus, and I guess we got to see what's up with the two Big Ten hosted sites. Um, the final, maybe it is on Big Ten Plus. I, it's a great question. I feel like Northwestern. I can click is- on a digital program. I'm not sure what that. Oh, 
Oh, takes Does that say it? No, no, the did. Oh, oh my gosh. No, that's a generic thing. That's a generic. No, this is, yeah, this is just like the generic, uh, the NCAA digital program. This is so lame. They have ads like it's a real program. What are we doing? (laughs) We're selling ads, is what we're doing, Andrew. Thank goodness Samuel Jackson Jackson is on here. From the desk of NCAA President Charlie Baker. Yeah, I'm sure he's locked into this championship. (laughs) Okay. Do you think that NCAA President Charlie Baker has ever been to a field hockey game? I would say absolutely not. Yeah. Is my guess. Is my guess. Oh, oh, we're on the broadcast schedule. Opening round. All right. First round at Northwestern Big Ten Plus. All right. So you were right. Where do you see that? Uh, I cranked on this. Like, if you're on the bracket, oh no, no, oh, in I'm, the, I'm in the program. In the field, I'm in NCAA.com, and in your field hockey top top uh, level menu, there's a broadcast schedule. Oh, you're, you're, look at that! I've never clicked that button. That that did not exist this in my brain until this moment. This is quite an inelegant uh, document here. It looks like I'm booking a flight on the back end. You know, I don't know anything about that. No, no, not at all. It looks like our Maryland, our Maryland site is also on the Big Ten Plus. Well, as Maryland is in the Big Ten. Yes, yeah, doy, doy. And then the the ACC hosts are on the Plus. Okay, well. Okay. That works for us, I would guess. Works and it, I'm, I'm assuming, and based on your experience today, that the Big Ten Plus will be free and available to it, all. It certainly was complimentary today. Um. With a very eager broadcaster. So, you know, that was great. So everybody, make your preparations now. Download the Big Ten Plus app. <laughs> yeah, so I'll tell you, I tried to watch on the Apple TV, and it, it said it was a premium event. But when I went to Big Ten Plus on the World Wide Web, mm, the intra- it worked just fine. The interweb. Yes. So who knows? Okay. So we're talking about what channel all these games are on. Why don't we talk about the games a little bit, shall we? Let us. Okay. So we will start at the top of the bracket and work our way downward. So we will start with the number one team in the country, the number one seed, the North Carolina Tar Heels. And they take on uh, William and Mary winners today, four to nothing. Um, I, I think that there's a consensus between you and me that it would take moving of heaven and earth for William and Mary to shock the world on Friday. Yes, I, I think that is the case. I'm going to say it's a pretty sure thing that UNC is going to take this game. It is interesting that they are. I mean, we're not going to spend any time on the poll because, like, we've moved on, everyone. It's postseason. It doesn't matter anymore. But it is interesting that they flipped. They're now number one. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't. But it's kind of interesting that they flipped. Now they're number one. They have three losses. Northwestern only has two. But I guess everybody's just saying, like, another win over Duke means a little bit more than a win over Or were they just, were they just uh, sort of – Caught up um, in the the hype. Well, are they marrying the seats? Oh, I see. Probably. If, I mean, you know, yeah, I'm sure that. that but then it. again, if the committee says they're number one, they vote on number one. If the committee told them to jump off a bridge, would they? The coaches vote your conscience. Well, this is Don't what I was thinking about, says. and this is they what kicked I, me out of the room. <laughs> I want to ask the coaches in some. I don't know how we would do this in an informal way. How do you vote? And I just want to know, head or heart, like just. 
just get like, are you just going with your gut? Or are we like looking at the stat? Or what are, are we doing? Throwing, are you picking names out of a hat or throwing darts? Yeah. Like I want to know. Are you doing it based on best uniform? Yeah. I will say when I had to submit the polls, I agonized over it, probably on a level that was unnecessary. Um, but I'm not sure. Everybody approaches it differently. Can I say one other thing about the Cal game today? It's a shame that they're out because their uniform is fabulous. I do love the blue and yellow. The blue and gold with the California and script. Oh, my love gosh. it. It's so good. I mean, I, I was I was mesmerized by by the, the, the Cal Bear uniform. So sorry to see them go. Mm. Um, moving down, uh, we have a very intriguing, spicy matchup. I don't uh, want to I, I don't want to stop you. But what if we did a bracket that was just based on best uniform? How do you I'm think you all in for that? Sounds like a great activity for like February, but I'm in. Okay, I just think like if we looked at the bracket now, we just fill one out, me and you. Oh, like, oh, the current uniform. Bracket. Yeah, yeah. Like who wins? Okay, so well, we're gonna you say like Carolina and California in the final. I'll just there's no doubt. You think that's it? There's no question. But like, because I would say, although here's the thing, Cal's uniform is good, but Northwestern's black and gold is pretty. See, uh, that's a controversial cool. take in this household because I don't love it. I don't love it. But I it does. But either way, Cal Cal would knock off Northwestern. They'd have no problem with Duke, American, Liberty, Syracuse, Iowa. No one on that half. They're, Cal is 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 cruising it's a to good, the final. It's good. Carolina would run into some trouble with UVA. Mm. Um, but but I think it's Carolina and Cal at the final. There in the down. final. Yeah, I cut. I agree. Because I mean. The what do they call it? The blue, the North Carolina, Carolina blue, Carolina blue, <laughs> pretty classic. It is recognizable, classy. classy. Uh, you know, I I love Iowa's. It's tradition. It's strong, but I don't like the black and yellow, black and yellow, black and yellow. I was just about to. <laughs> anyway, sorry. I just felt like that would be fun because I agree. Oh. It's a good uniform. Speaking of teams with not amazing uniforms, we have a spicy matchup between Rutgers and Harvard. The Scarlet Knights were undefeated as recently as about two weeks ago. They come in at 16-3. and three. Uh, They made it to the semifinal of the Big Ten tournament. They'll take on Harvard, the Ivy League champions, both of the regular season and the inaugural Ivy League tournament. They're 15-3. and three. They won all nine Ivy League games they played this year, including the tournament. Um you know, we've made our picks. They're on the website. Anybody can see them. So we don't necessarily have to pick the games. Um, but anything specific you're looking forward to in this one and, you know, no is an acceptable answer. You can pass. I can pass. I will just say I think, and I think I said it last week, but Rutgers is playing like a really fast, aggressive style of hockey. And I haven't watched a ton of Harvard, but from what I saw last weekend, I don't know if they're going to be able to like match the sort of athleticism and I couldn't um, and sort of like grit of the Rutgers team. So, I mean, Rutgers is my pick. It'll be a good game to watch, but I get the sense that Harvard's a bit more technical, pretty style, and Rutgers is going to kind of. Harvard does come in care with what I believe to be the longest winning streak in the country. They've won 10 in a row. So they, they come in and, you know, as good a form as it could be their last loss. They, they have not lost since September. They fell to Duke uh, in double overtime on September 24th. They have not lost since now they didn't play a murderer's row in those 10 matches 
Um, they did beat Syracuse at home in a wild shootout, six to five, which I think we talked about at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and they won against St. Joe's, uh, both at home. So, you know, their two toughest games were at home. They did not leave the friendly com- confines of Cambridge much this year. Um, two of their three losses were away at Liberty and at Virginia. So, um, you know, they have not been challenged on the road in a long time. They played it. That's Yale. a really interesting observation. Yeah. I mean, like that maybe they don't travel well and it's not going to be a they'll be away for a bit. Like, I'm sure they're traveling probably today. It's a long trip for them. So, yeah, an interesting thing to consider. Yes. I I mean, that's why I brought it up here. Although longest win streak in the country right now, I would assume is Northwestern. Or do they stumble? When did they lose? They lost when we interviewed them. No, they won. They won. No, they've been winning. They, they are. They have won 17 and 18 in a row. Okay, they won 18 first, in a row. So I, I was quite wrong. They lost. Their only loss was their first game. I knew that. I knew okay. that. I should, that was silly. I got excited by the double-digit win streak. So. <laughs> well, I mean, I still think it's something worthy of pointing out. But when That's you said it, I was like, wait a minute. Me. Wait a minute. That's fully on me. Wow. And that'll be hard to like that, that win streak at Northwestern is going to stand for a very long time. I would imagine. Yeah. So unless we'll they repeat it next year. So. so let's head a bit North from Chapel Hill uh, to one of the most scenic college towns in America. Um, there is nothing more beautiful than college park, Maryland on a fall Thursday. Um, the, the, the smell the of the parking. sewage, the lack of parking, the bumper to bumper traffic as you get off the beltway. I mean, there oh, is nothing classic. like it's so college good. park, especially like that first week after we changed the clocks and it gets dark at four o'clock. I mean, it's just, it's a wonderful place that, uh, ODU, St. Joe's and UVA are very blessed to be visiting this weekend. Mm. Um, so Truly we'll talk blessed. about the first game there, the fourth seed Maryland Terrapins getting ready for what is surely to be a battle with Old Dominion where, you know, you just don't know what's going to happen with these two teams. Absolutely. I think it could end up being a shootout. I mean, I come, well, I've been thinking more about what Becca said earlier this or last week, Sunday night, that this is absolutely the hardest, the most well-matched branch of the bracket because Old Dominion and Maryland, like classic matchup. It's going to be a really gritty, tough game. And then like a top to bottom, who knows what will happen? I mean, I think Maryland could could go all the way to the national championship, but like Old Dominion is going to be one of the hardest matchups. This first round is going to be one of their toughest games if they keep going. I'm with you. In the other game in that bracket, we have Virginia, uh, who finished the year uh, falling in the ACC semifinals on their home field to North Carolina. And St. Joe's, the Atlantic 10 champion, uh, Joe's 15-4. and They were quite dominant most of the year um, Mm -hmm. and led the A-10 from wire to wire uh, in winning that league tournament. I actually think they play a really similar style, St. Joe's and UVA. Um, So that'll be a... Really, t- I, it could go. Neither, neither team uses left-handed sticks, and they both no. use one ball in overtime. So evenly matched. No By the way, I, I do want to say for the record, I would suspend the two-ball rule for the NCAA tournament. 
Well, I mean, you can't just keep making it more and more complicated. No, I just for the NCAA tournament or, or postseason, I go back to one ball. Just one? I would use yeah. it to break ties in the regular season only. Here's my here's my take is like we're done overtime. I want straight shootouts. Just wrap this up. Shootouts or they're so, so they do internet there that's what they do internationally. They are either we got a tie or we go on a shootouts. Internationally they don't love freedom like we do. You know, this, <laughs> this I, nice I libertarian, yeah, like yeah. 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 I get it. From get sea it. to signing shining sea. I said signing. <laughs> From sea to shining sea. I just yeah, so this game, I picked who'd you pick? I picked UVA. I think you probably did too. I did too. We don't but, know if the Hawk will be there, do we? We really need to find out. I'm please, gonna look at someone. I'm gonna okay, reach out. Andrew's on it, but if anybody has any insider information, please. Well, if the Hawk knows, for instance. Me? You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna send the Hawk a DM. Does he have his own um Twitter? Uh I don't know that the Hawk is a he. Oh, really? I don't believe the Hawk has a gender. Okay. Because I know for a fact, and I can't tell you why I know this, but the Hawk is played by both male and female. Yes. I We did talk about this early on in the year. And I won't explain because I don't want to, you know, give up the secret. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But I do, we do need to know if they're going to be there and we need to, we're going to find out. Um, I'm going to swing back to North Carolina for a minute because something relevant just happened. Oh, what is it? Um, you have said, I believe you said it Sunday night and you've said it to me that, you know, this Aaron Matson story is, is one of the best things that happened for the sport because of how much mainstream attention it's gotten field hockey, mm-hmm. whether it's on ESPN or, you know, wherever else. I mm-hmm. literally, this very second, I'll show you on my phone, got a text message. Okay. From a friend of mine here in Atlanta who okay. went to North Carolina, who I don't think knows what field hockey, you know, is from the South, who has no clue what field hockey is. Mm-hmm. In Atlanta his whole life, except for four years in Chapel Hill, who just texted me to say, it looks like that coach is doing a good job forward me an ESPN article and said, have I watched any of the games? This is someone who has, I swear right now, who has nothing to do with field hockey. I have, I have a friend in Florida who just sent us some pictures of Aaron Matson's face on the local news in Florida where very little field hockey is played. I mean, this is the best thing that could happen to field hockey because we just need national attention because it's a great sport. Well, that's what we're doing here. I mean, I think it began here. If we remember, when did she have an interview? Very early on in the season. We recognized her talent. And she recognized recognized ours. And we recognized how great this story was. So know know that the scoop. She texts me every week and says, great pod. The scoop happened here. I just need everybody to remember that. Yeah. But uh, but truthfully. Yeah, I just need it. I need it to be understood. I mean, I think she's, this is a huge deal for us. We need to so, seize the opportunity. Let's play some good games in the tournament. From from Chapel Hill, we're going to drive about 20 minutes to uh, Durham, North Carolina. Amazing. Uh, to Duke, where the Blue Devils will host a uh, regional site with American, Liberty, and Syracuse. Um, definitely one of the, the more curious uh pairs of games i would say the the liberty syracuse game is is fascinating um in that you have a liberty team the the smaller conference program that had a dominant year 
versus a Syracuse team at 10 and seven that basically got it. I mean, I mean they, they have the, the worst record in the field short of Sacred Heart, the, the least wins. They were the last team in for an at-large um, and, and, you know, got in largely because of their conference. Mm-hmm. Um, so curious to see who comes out there. And then the first game there is Duke and American, AU looking to win a game in the in-state tournament. Uh, it's been a while for a non-play-in game mm-hmm. for, for American. They won the Patriot League handily this year, went undefeated in the regular season, won two one-goal games. Well, I'll say that five times fast. <laughs> W-O-N-T-W-O-N-E-O-N-E. I'm impressed. Won, wow. They won two one-goal one games, games this season. In the Patriot League tournament uh, to advance and got a little help with a couple of upsets, uh, especially ODU over Liberty, although ODU is in the main field as well, to avoid the play-in round this year. Um, but it'll be a tough task for, for AU. I think it will, but this has been what they've been – this is what they've been wait, waiting for and hoping for because – to be able to just leapfrog that opening round is just the best position that they've been in for a very long time. They've got a like strong, young, eager team. So it'll be a really good matchup, um, but it will be a tall task for sure. Duke, it just because not, not because of any lack. Duke on is just really George, good. Duke's really good. They're really good. Um, they're really aggressive in the circle. They have a really strong, veteran goalkeeper as is American. Um, but they've also just seen really strong opponents this season and, and are, I think a little bit more used to the stage. They're battle tested. Duke is going to be the best team Americans played this year. They played Penn state, uh, and lost to them by one in overtime. Penn state was ranked fifth at the time, but it, that, you know, did not end there. Uh, their three toughest games were, uh, Penn state Liberty, and Maryland. They lost all of them by one goal. Uh, They lost to Liberty in a shootout uh, down in Lynchburg. So they have certainly risen to the occasion in that they have not, I mean, they haven't gotten blown out all year. Um, Their their largest loss is a two-goal loss uh, to Drexel, to Zip. Um, But against the three by far best teams on their schedule, Penn State, Liberty, and Maryland, all one-goal losses. So, I mean, they're not going to walk in and be intimidated or anything like that. No, and, then, and they definitely uh, they get fired up for the big game. So, lastly, we'll head west to Evanston for the Meat Sweat Invitational. Uh, Miami of Ohio winning today advances to play Northwestern. The host. Did you just call it the Meat Sweat Invitational. You mean the I corn, meant corn sweat? sweat didn't you, I? Got yeah. meat, you got meat sweats on the mind. Well, there's meat sweats in the Midwest. I mean, it's you know, isn't that where we did all of the uh, slaughtering of the animals? In the uh, what's that? What's Upton Sinclair? Do. What's the Upton Sinclair novel? Which one? The one about the slaughterhouses in Chicago, the jungle. Oh yeah, that's from like a yeah. hundred years ago. Still, I mean, it's 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 relevant. Maybe I'm trying the, to I'm trying to crack your stumble on the meat sweats. What if we did the pitch session book club? Oh my gosh, merging our interests, Andrew. Although kind of been there, done that with the book club. So <laughs> anyway, um, and then the other game, Iowa and Louisville uh, for the right to play the winner of Northwestern and Miami. So what do we think about that final corner of the bracket? Well, Iowa Louisville, the last time they played, 
or uh, Iowa took the win 2-1, did it in four quarters. They both scored in the last quarter. I mean, they're so evenly matched. They're like neck and neck in the RPI, neck and neck in the KPI. I mean, outside of the, what was the other one that were, uh, the UVA St. This is probably the closest game, I feel like, in terms of like, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, in terms of like, they're just the most well-matched team. Yeah. Teams. Um, it it's literally, it can be anybody's game. I do think that I was a bit on the seesaw, and I think you, sir, were the person who had a Louisville on the shoot here at the tail end of the season. And so I do think they're stumbling a little bit. So the question is, like, are they going to, like, rise up for the, the tournament? I, I mean, they're going to make a game of it, of course, but, you know, it's really close. Very close. They did not have a great final three weeks. No, they didn't. So, but you know what? Win what's the mentality of the weekend? team? Yeah. Win a game or two this weekend, and that's all forgot. It's so true. So true. Yeah, you went into a game or two this weekend, and uh, this this is a storybook season. We forget. It's, it's wild how the this sport, and, and this is being a little simple, but the entire season on some levels comes down to a nine-day period. Totally true. That's not Friday to Sunday, this Friday to next you, Sunday. You do enough to get, I mean, literally like, think about if you're Princeton this year, literally you have a pre, you have a mediocre season. You get into the final, you put it to Harvard. I mean, they were 35 seconds away from going into overtime. Who knows what happens? And then they're in, they're in the tournament. You, like literally you can have, all you got to do is get into your tournament and then yeah, nine day. <laughs> Sprint. All right, let's talk penalty corners for a minute, and then we'll wrap it up. Um, so we have to give a shout-out. We do. Um, so Allison been, Keefe gets the shout-out. Allison Keefe gets the shout-out, who is being who is our, our, our field hockey analyst who provided us some, with some very in, interesting information after listening to the pod last week and my um, little tirade about penalty corners. So she, she gave us the scatter stats. plot. She did. She gave us some fascinating stats. This is the first we, time I said scatter plot since like eighth grade. <laughs> I was like, Andrew, <laughs> make a scatter plot. <laughs> but since we're shouting her out, if you want to know more, her Twitter is Allison underscore K13. And she spells Allison properly. A-L-L-I-S-O-N. Um, my like sister a normal be, person. My sister like would be very pleased person. to see that. Um, so that's her Twitter. She has, uh, the gram is the F hockey analyst. Um, she has a Patreon if you want to do that sort of thing, but, uh, she sent us, I mean, it's, it's so good. So, um, she broke down each team in the country, uh, number of corners, goals from corners and, uh, the percentage. Now I will say Excel did the percentages. I don't think she did that. Sure, but I mean, to 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 get into the level of detail to like look at box scores and figure out how many goals were actually from corners and not just I mean you know, full credit. Seriously. Yeah, no, huge I'm credit. Serious. Oh, I know. So it's amazing. We will share some of this. We'll link to I'll link to her page in like the show description. Um, but there's some really interesting stuff here. So the national average, uh do you remember what it was, Kira? Do you want to? Get, I guess you know. You saw it. So the 13%. national average on penalty corners is thirteen percent. It's twelve point nine percent. 
Mm. So, you know, a little better than one in 10. That's about one in eight ish. I'm going to trust you on that. Yeah. I was like, where's well, my well, calculator? One in six is 16.6. One in, yeah, it's it's one in eight ish. Well, 0.125 would be one in eight, and this is 0.129. So, okay, one we'll in see. eight ish. It's all about calculating batting averages in the RAs. So, um, Cornell led the country in uh, uh, conversion percentage at 23.7. What we need to do, we shouldn't have done the scatter plot. We need to get see what. Uh, uh, the uh, deviation is. Mm. I'm gonna, little, uh, do you want me to talk while you do that? I don't. I don't no, know what I'll I talk about. I, I don't really want to do that. Someone else can do it. We'll Honestly, it you know who should do it is Allison Keep. Allison, Allison, do that for us. I, I, she's lacking, and and quite frankly, <laughs> I'm not. I can't happy. believe she didn't anticipate our needs here. Uh, what is the standard deviation? I would, I, you know, of the the first and last. That would be interesting, but we can, we can do that later. Um, Cornell led the country. They were twenty nine for one twenty two, twenty three point seven percent. A pretty significant drop off. Second place, Duke, twenty four for one eleven at twenty one point six percent. So more than two percentage points drop uh, from first to second. Um, one of the nice things she did here was highlight the NCAA tournament teams, and and. You know, what you can see here is the bottom half only has a small handful of teams. So there is a correlation between being good at corners and Uh having a good year. It's not straight up. There are some bad teams here at the top and there are some good teams at the bottom. So it's not a one for one uh, correlation, but there definitely is something. Um, I would say the top. I just caught a mistake, but I'm not going to call her. I would say the top third of of teams who can who have the top third of teams who are like listed here and rank on in good conversion rates. The majority, like the majority, are in the tournament. They are, but you have Bryant. You have Villanova, you have UC uh-huh. Davis, you have Colgate, teams that did not light the world on fire this year. Um, you have UC Davis uh, is is in 15th at 17%, but they also only converted nine. They only had 53 attempts. Yeah, that's what's really interesting. Third to last in the country, they're 53. So, you know, I would say there might be, Again, maybe we need to play with this more, or we need to, you know what? We need to have Allison Keith on. Yeah, Allison Keith. Maybe we'll do that. I wonder if there's a stronger correlation in corners earned mm. instead of corners scored. Because corners earned, because we because our point, our whole discussion was they're pretty random. And 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 the 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 divide between the top and bottom is not much. And we'll get to the bottom here in a minute. But I would imagine number of corners there is because that means you're constantly in the circle. You're constantly pressuring the defense. You may not convert the actual try, but it means that you are in position. And and I think that a team that gets a lot of corners, they're in the circle a lot. They're probably scoring a lot of field goals too. Mm. Well, and I think looking at this list, all the teams that got into (laughs) – all the teams that are in the tournament – Save one Sacred Heart have more that have scored in triple or have earned triple digit quarters, right? So, really? yeah, the so Sacred Heart is the only one that hasn't earned triple digit quarters this season, and so I feel like that. I mean, and, and there are plenty of other teams on this list who have also earned triple digit corners, but that stands out. I mean, they are 
earning. Earn Sacred Heart was the 60 or whatever best. Team. Right. But they are earn, these out. teams are earning opportunity, scoring opportun- or opportunities. This is exactly what you said. They're in the circle. They're in the attacking third. And they're making things happen. But I think the reason that we're looking at conversion rate is the thing I've been asking myself all season is how much, what percentage of your time coaches are you spending on corners in practice? And do you adopt, and I mean, Andy Smith was on here, right? Do you, you do adopt an Andy Smith view where we just play, right? Well, and let's talk about Andy Smith. Cornell is first. Yeah. And and so, they're like so who I don't I mean I I would assume based on what he shared with us at the pod that they're not spending an inordinate amount of time on corners. No, it sounds like they're not spending any time. And so is it like does just gameplay and small and small gameplay prepare your team to be able to handle these sort of numbers up tight situations and they can be creative and figured out and are less predictable. Um, and we also know that he has a drag flicker that is, is bringing a specialty skill that's really hard to defend. But so I just like, if you look at your conversion rate, if, if I'm Iowa and I look at my conversion rate and it says, you know, we're scoring 18% of the time, but we're spending 30% of our practice time. I mean, can we reallocate that? And and then does it change? Does it adapt? I mean, like if you say, okay, this is what we did this year and next year they spend 5% of their time on corners. Like what do these numbers actually change? No, I, I, it's a completely valid and reasonable question. Who, who um, earned the most corners this year? Northwestern by a mile. That's what I'm saying. By a mile. Look at that. Oh, no, 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 no. St. Joseph's. Okay. The the two of them by a mile. Yeah, St. Joe's earned 189 corners this year. Northwestern has earned 173. And then after and that, Ohio it falls State, off. No, Ohio State at 178. So, but like those three, and then it falls off to the next but, but, And let's level. look at those three. Those, those are three good teams. You know, Ohio State was the first team out. Northwestern spent much of the year as number one in the country. And St. Joe's dominated their their schedule this season. They they ran through the A-10. So, uh, you know, again, no, no surprise there at all. Um, and, and then you look at some of the lowest numbers – 56. Uh, th- this is corners earned. LIU, Stanford, 54. They they were not fabulous. Central Michigan, 51. Um, and those were the outliers. JMU, 65. But even the teams, UC Davis, 53. But the teams that did not get to 100, you know, not a lot of them made the postseason. Um, right. Yeah. And, like and I mean, I'm not, I don't want to create extra work for, for Allison Keith. I think we can just call her Allison now. I think we know her well enough. We know her enough. We know yeah. her not well yeah, enough. I think now. we do. Um, but, you know, I'd be curious if she has this for years going back because, like, yeah. I want to look at a team like Princeton, a team that underachieved relative to its traditional performance, you know, did their corner number earn go way down? Did their corner uh, converted percentage go way down? I'd be curious. Um, But anyhow, just looking at the numbers real quick, sorted by percentage, you said Cornell was at the top. Um, I I don't want to crush, but amazingly, Queens went 0 for 58. Um, So that is just amazing. But I think that also very interesting is the third and fourth teams from the bottom were probably the two worst teams amongst power conferences or power teams in Michigan mm-hmm. State and UConn. Uh, UConn converted just four out of 109 
corners, which I have to imagine was a maddening experience to go through this season. Mm. Um, you know, if, if we're talking, they played 20 games, you know, that's five or six a game. And, and they converted in well, in, in a fifth of their game. I mean, four out of 109 is wild. I mean, if you're on the coaching staff at UConn and you, you, you've become aware of this as a phenomenon, I mean, like, because I just feel like our our default when we get into a you know a low area of the circle with low scoring percentage, we're always saying earn a corner, earn a corner. And is it pull the ball back and let's move the ball around? Like let's find another way to attack. Like do we the circle and start over? Yeah, like let's just like back the ball out and swing it around and see if we can we can get it another way because you can't. Earning a corner is not a victory in that situation. You're actually just wasting time. Yeah, it's absolutely right. Um, Michigan State was four for 80. That's 5%. Um, the, the lowest uh, team that made the NCAA tournament was Miami of Ohio. They were 16 of 151. That's 10.5%. Louisville was 15 for 138. That's almost 11%. Here's what's here. I, I kind of love this. I just noticed this. So in our in our scatter plot, the three teams that are neck and neck on, on corner conversion are all in the same branch of the bracket. And the one that we have talked about is like the closest one. So you got Old Dominion. Syracuse and Liberty all at 16% corner conversion rate. And you got Maryland at 14%, but they're all like right next to each other in terms of, you know, they're just like the parody is wild. Yeah. So there we go. We got penalty corner information. That was awesome. Thank you, Allison. Just Allison. We, we're, you know, at this point. Yeah. Thank you. Allison. We don't need, yeah. Yeah. And I would assume, coaches, you want that information. Hit her up. Hit her up. Or hit us up. We've got it now. <laughs> no, no. We can't give out her her hard data unless she tell, gives us permission. Allison, let us know. She can try and stop me. <laughs> now, Allison, Keith, and I are rivals. This happened quickly. How quickly that changed. Yeah, my, how the cookie crumbles. Um, so we're going to have to see about having her uh, on. Her beloved sacred heart fell today, but I'm sure that she will stay locked in uh, to the next two weeks and the rest of the tournament. So thank you, Allison. Um, so we will be back next week um, to preview the final four. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe not the same time, same place. We're gonna have to talk about that. Um, but we'll be on it. We'll be back at some point um, to preview the final four. Um, the bracket challenge is still open until Friday morning. You obviously cannot earn points for the games today. Um, we have a bunch of people in it. I think we're up to past thirty. Um, winner gets five minutes on the pod uh, or five minutes with Allison Keith, perhaps. Oh, maybe um, she might be more interesting than us. I don't know. We've had um, some, we've had some uh, grumblings about about the bracket. Can I? And I'd like to address them if uh, I may. But if you may, you have. I've got I mean, the floor. Full, yes. I have the floor. Listen, people, life isn't easy. You want five minutes on this pod, you got to earn it. You got to figure it out. We need some adversity in our lives. I need us to trudge through this. I need us to, I need us to, uh, you know, problem solve. And uh, if you want to be on this podcast for five minutes, then we need to do some troubleshooting on our own. So that's your challenge, all. 
And 30 I people figured say, it out. And I also want to say that the, the site that it's on is a little bit clunky. No, no, no. There's but, no but, admitting. But, but hang on. But I had to find a site that not only would let you do like a, a pool, but, you know, one that you could customize the bracket. You know, I had to create yeah. the bracket. So that was a pretty niche market that we were looking for. And it was free. <laughs> and it was free. So everybody... I you know, think, take I, it or leave I'm it. proud of us. I'm proud of us. If as a you don't community. want to be in the pitch session spectacular because it's too hard, then we don't want you anyway. No, that's right. Life's hard. Um, Is anything but I am we're proud doing of, not hard? That's right. I mean, this this bracket, this tournament's all about grit. And if we are bought in, then like we've got to we got to be the same. You need to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Absolutely. You got to gotta go to the source. You got to f- you got to figure it out. Control the controllables. That's a great point. Mm-hmm. So anyway, please participate in the spectacular. Bracket <laughs> spectacular. Enjoy the tournament, and we'll be back next week. Yes, watch Friday. Have some fun, everyone. Take Bye, the Andrew. day off. Order some wine. Anything if you're you of need. Age. If anything you or need. Or a Diet Coke, if that's what you enjoy. I was going to say, how are, how are you going to be enjoying the uh, the first round game, Sandra? I'll be sitting right here. Nice. We got the two TV situation. We're trying to figure out our screen plan. I think that that is my feedback to the NCAA. It, you know, it's, it's never going to happen. I know, but I wanted to. I wanted to. Why? Does, just, why is it laid out like that? Why are we playing three plus? games at the same time? No. Why are we playing three games at the same exact time? Oh, that's um, what I'm saying. Like, I got to set up three screens to watch games, and yeah, I'd like, I, I'd like it to stagger a bit. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I I imagine some of it is whether they try to avoid night games. Mm. Um, I guess with, recovery times, like you'd have a bigger advantage if you're the first game versus the. Well, last but I mean, if they were both, at, you know, if, if they were at five and seven, it's. I just, I'm like, I just want to watch, like, just just have two games at the same time, but we got four. Yeah, all three. You know, you, you, well, I mean, the the Northwestern games are an hour later, just because they're on Central Time. If they were on Eastern Time, they'd all be at the same time. Yeah, everything it's starts hard to be a fan. It's hard to be a fan. Or you could say it's great to be a fan. You can whip around, whip around coverage. I just like, I like to get really engrossed in the game. One game gets to be a blowout, you move to the next one. I just like to get really engrossed in the game. And when I got to look at multiple, I, I just don't multitask. So you well. wouldn't be a fan of the red zone. The red zone? Yeah. What's that? I don't know what the red zone is. <laughs> you were talking. I knew that as soon as I asked it. Is that the same the, as sports screaming? The red zone sports is shouting? the invention in sports television history. I mean, is that up for debate? I've, is it no, the greatest invention? Not. I've never heard of no it. No one would ever. De- it is the greatest invention ever. Okay. The red zone is on NFL Sundays. It's one channel. They go for seven hours, no commercials. They show every game. They bounce around. So whoever's closest to scoring or whatever oh. interesting, oh, it's the greatest thing ever. That would stress me out. I like to see the intricacies of the game. I mean, how else would we have noticed that, like, umpires were getting injured left, right, and center this season? How else would we? Well, the red mean, zone would show it. That That's why it's so good. I don't know. I, I, I'm old school. I like to just sit there on my foam pad on the bleachers and watch the game start to finish. On your foam pad? <laughs> I mean, bleachers hurt. They're hard on your tush. They are, and your lower back. Oh, my God. I, a day in the bleachers is just freaking terrible. But, yeah. No, I just I want them to be staggered. And I don't think we're going to get a red zone anytime soon for the field hockey tournament. Um, you create your own red zone. You get the remote working. 
but I got to get out. I got to go back in. Oh, it's awful. Anyway, but that's what I, that's my suggestion for improvements for the fan experience. You know what you should do. Should I get on the committee? Well, it's not all it's cracked up to be, let me tell you, because I thought I was on the committee. (laughs) All right. We'll see you. All right. Bye, Andrew. Thank you.